Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Creating Change. My name is Jillian Walsh. I'm a registered dietitian as well as a registered psychotherapist qualifying here in Canada. Today's episode is all about relative energy deficiency in sport. But before I dive into that, please know if you're a parent or a loved one, or perhaps even a coach of somebody in athletics, you can head over to our website, changecreateschange.com and sign up for a free webinar. It's called First Do No Harm, and it'll tell you all about the red flags of reds as well as other eating disorders and help give you a path of what to do next. All right, folks, let's jump into reds or relative energy deficiency in sport. So this is a relatively new term and it used to be referred to as female athlete triad. However, it was renamed several years ago because it is not something that is unique to females. It can actually affect any gender. So relative energy deficiency in sport is truly just what it says. It means that the athletic person is not taking in enough food or energy or calories, however we want to refer to it, in order to fuel or power the energy that they're using or the activity that they're doing. So to oversimplify it, it's really about there's not enough going in to make up for what's going out. And there's this imbalance when it comes to the energy balance of the body. And we're in a deficit instead of in a surplus or an equilibrium. So the tricky thing about this is a lot of folks feel that energy deficiency, the things that come along with it, such as, you know, it could be, um, I don't want to get into it early. Okay. I'll, I'll get into it after when we talk about the red flags, but a lot of folks feel like the side effects of reds are a part of the sport and that folks, you know, at different athletes, depending on the caliber of athlete, this just comes with the territory. I don't agree with that. I think that folks, athletes, athletic persons, anyone can fuel their body adequately for their energy needs. And I think that there is no need for anybody to be in an energy deficiency, regardless of their career path, even if it's athletics or, um, you know, if they're not necessarily a career athlete, but just an athlete in general. So let's talk about some of the things that show up as a part of REDS. The major factors or the major outcomes of REDS are decreased bone density and an abnormal menstrual cycle for females. What that means is that folks are going to be at higher risk, honestly up to six or seven times higher risk of fra fractures, especially bone fractures. It may also look like weight loss or the absence of weight gain, or even perhaps the absence of puberty for folks that are at pubescent age. We also hear of um, like non-specific gastrointestinal symptoms. It might be complaints of nausea, bloating, cramping, but really, you know, a lot of similar symptoms of eating disorders, but more so in the context of athletics. The main two, again, being poor, bone density in males and females, as well as the absence of a menstrual cycle in females. When we talk about the treatment for REDS, if there's no preoccupation with weight, shape, and appearance, then it is most likely not a DSM-5 eating disorder, but it is REDS. In that case, the treatment is we increase oral intake or increase, increase the in, 
and or we decrease the activity or decrease the out. Really, we're looking for that state of equilibrium so that the body is able to get all of its nutritional needs met while still engaging in the athletic sport. All right, folks, if any of this is putting off alarm bells for you, please know that you can put a comment or a question below. This is a very active channel, so we are here daily to answer any questions that you may have. If you're looking for more information, you can always head to our website, changecreateschange.com. I'll see you again next week for another episode of Creating Change. Bye for now.